I'm so sorry for completely missing last week's podcast. There's a lot going on at my house, including the privilege of being appointed chief essay editor at the Endless Assignments Writing Centre, which is located in my very own dining room and is open every evening from 7 till 11 p.m. In addition, I completely and totally lost the interview recording I had for this week. I'm going to have to beg my guest to re-record it with me. Not my finest moment. Anyway, this is a talk I did last week as a live stream in my Facebook group. I was just going to play you the audio of it, but I've already had some new insights. So I'm going to talk it out again, if that's okay. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe and you can get more of me at EssentialStepMom.com. So the topic that my Spectacular Stepmom Facebook community asked me to talk about this week was, what can you do when your stepchild thinks their mom is the greatest? even though you're the one who does everything for them and she never even shows up for them. Raise your hand if you have this problem. Oh wait, I can't see you. Well, raise it anyway. Or hit me up in an email and tell me your story because this is a great one to spend some time on. I'll be honest up front here. I never dealt with this exact thing in my own stepfamily journey, mostly because my stepkids came to live with me and their dad only as teenagers and precisely because they knew they weren't getting what they needed from their mom. So I can't be right inside your head on this one, but I totally remember visits from them back before they moved here when they were still trying to keep their mom up there on her pedestal, where frankly, all moms belong. Let's get real for a minute. Everyone's mom is the center of their universe and that lasts from birth for a long time. It's how nature arranges things. She has to be the best. You're supposed to seek her out instead of any of the other kids' mothers. It's an animal survival thing. You can't count on someone else's mother to protect you out there in the wild. That's what your mom is for. And by that standard, she's the best. She's often the only thing between you and getting picked off by a hyena at the edge of your pack or something. So there's some serious hard wiring around this. If you're not 100% invested in your mom being the best, you could impulsively run to some other, presumably better mom, in your half a second of head start time, and she might say, piss off, go find your own mom. I have my baby to protect. I know I felt like my mom was the best when I was a kid, and she's still the best. I'm thinking you probably think the same thing about your mom, whether she's still with us or not. I admire many things about my mom. She's incredibly resilient. She 
endured some really tough surgeries as a kid. She's smart. She has great taste. And I get my optimistic outlook from her. I also know that even though she was there every day of my childhood in a loving way, there are some things that I wasn't able to get from her. Things I had to find elsewhere. And it still pains me to know that I didn't get this or that from my mom in exactly the way I needed. Even though I got those things eventually from wherever I found them, nobody can take away the pain of what I missed getting from my mother. So if you're feeling empathy for a child who's getting really shortchanged by their mom, I feel for them with you. And that's a place I can connect with you as a stepmom too. I can give my stepkids my own brand of attention, support, appreciation, love, whatever it is I think they need. But I can't take away the pain of not getting something from their mom. That's rough and it's not in my wheelhouse to fix it for them. Some therapist will help them do that work one day as they do for all their clients. I'd like to survey all the therapists in the world, ask them, how many of their clients are not working out their relationship with their mother? Anyway, back to this problem. You have a child in your home whose mom is either literally far away and not a constant presence in their life or is emotionally distant and unavailable. And this child has put this mom up on a great big pedestal. They just can't shut up about how wonderful she is. And you want to shake them by the shoulders and say, wake up, I'm the one making your lunches and washing your clothes and driving you to soccer practice. What has she even done for you lately? But let's pull back the curtains and look at what's really happening on the inside. This is not a child trying to make you feel bad or like you don't matter or they don't appreciate you. It's true that kids are not great at appreciating anything really let me share with you how unappreciative I was once upon a time. When I was about 12, my mom went back to school and did a fine arts degree, spread out over five years instead of the usual four because she had a family to take care of. She would sit every night at our big dining table with her drawings and architectural plans spread out, doing epic amounts of coursework. And one time when she said, I don't know, this is too hard, I can't keep up. There's so much work. Did I offer to help with the housework? Apparently not. I suggested that maybe she should quit school, presumably so she'd have more time to cook my dinners. Kids are little buggers. And if you have some who aren't, you just got lucky. When your stepkid talks highly about their mom, who, as far as you can see, is not exactly mother of the year material, you can be sure that they're in a painful place. They're hurting. They're trying to paste this paper image of their mom back up onto the imaginary pedestal she keeps falling off of. And that's hard work. They have to keep trying because if they give up, they feel guilty. And when they feel guilty, they want to punish themselves. And you know how they do that? By acting out and provoking someone to punish them. There's no winning at this game. Nature didn't count on biological parents divorcing and then pulling their offspring into pieces between them. There's no inner programming for this. So how are we going to help little Mikey or Susie here? 
And how are we going to help you, stepmom? Because we don't want to leave you up the Compassion Creek without a paddle. What I tell stepmoms who come to me with this kind of problem is, first of all, shut off your maternal instinct. It's there running in the background like a silent operating system that you don't even notice. All women have a maternal instinct to some degree, I think, and it gets activated when we're around kids. That's natural. But like I said before, nature didn't predict or prepare for this kind of step family situation. And your maternal instinct is not going to help guide you through it. Notice the feelings that come up for you. Like, I'm being a better mother to you than she is. Why don't you notice? Or like Tristan Reese said in last week's episode here on this podcast, I don't want you to want her. I want to be enough for you. God, when he said that, I felt like someone ripped open my heart and shined a big flashlight on some dust bunnies hiding in there that I hadn't paid attention to in a long time. Yes, I feel that sometimes. I want to pat myself on the back for what a great job I'm doing of parenting someone else's kids. That's not exactly something I'm super proud of. I mean, I'm proud of the role that I play in my stepkids' lives. I'm actually grateful for the opportunity to do it but I'm not really supposed to be engaging in something where I expect to be rewarded. Like I'm going to get the Academy Award for best supporting stepmom. If I'm, if I'm out there expecting to be compared to their mom in a favorable way, then I'm also vulnerable to the rejection that comes when their loyalty bind kicks in and kicks me in the guts. That's how it goes. So in my experience, over the last 14 years, it's gone better for me when I've stayed away from acting like a mom and from feeling like a mom. I wrote a blog post a few years ago called Six Ways to Be Not Your Mom, and I had no idea at the time how important that concept would be to my readers. I talk about finding an alternate persona for your relationship with your steps, like auntie or mentor or mom next door or fairy godmother. It can be anything you're comfortable with, and it can change over time. You can even have different roles with different kids, for that matter, because it's not just about you, but about what that particular child can allow themselves to accept from you. What he or she can allow himself to accept, that's an important concept. I remember how much I couldn't accept hugs from some of my relatives who hugged too tightly or who smelled of hairspray Those aunts and uncles meant well and they loved me, but it didn't land the way they were hoping it would because they were offering something I just didn't want. And I'm not sure they understood that. The other important thing I've tried to do over the years is notice when I feel resistance to hearing about Biomom so I can let go of it. The best thing you can do to help someone who's suffering is to go where they are and just be with them there. So go in the same direction as your stepchild. When they talk about their mom in glowing terms, say, tell me more. Be curious. Let them show you what's going on inside. Find out all you can about her. And and here you have to set aside your negative feelings because this is all about 
helping a child to make sense of something really devastating in their world. Be open to seeing her the way the child sees her. Even if you have to say, she must be the best mom because she made you. That'll help you stay in the high vibe. And then sometimes you've just had enough and you can't do it anymore. You're out of patience. It happens. But this is what it looks like when you've started the next level of the stepmom game. There's no announcement, so you don't get like a warning when you're leveling up or anything. But you just find out that there are extra challenges in this level and you need to collect some more weapons. This is a sign for you to engage with your own needs more. Do things that feel good for you. God knows this is a really difficult moment in time with the pandemic making so many things hard to access, including your friends probably. But find something meaningful to do, something joyful or something fun and carve out space to do it. You have to make it a priority. Take up a hobby. Create a little sacred space for yourself somewhere in your home. Stop procrastinating something you've been wanting to do. This is where you get the power that you need to crush those next level challenges. The other thing about managing your own feelings is that you have to remember your brain often takes something and kind of runs off with it, giving you all kinds of thoughts that reinforce some idea you already have, something that has nothing to do with the present situation. For instance, if you're already struggling with self-esteem or self-respect, you could tell yourself that hearing your stepchild praise their mom is proof that nobody appreciates you or that you're really not good enough or no matter what you do, you'll never catch up. Your brain is good at giving you evidence to support whatever you're already thinking. One of my coaches likes to say, we have to manage our own brain. It will always offer us thoughts that don't serve us. So think of it that way. Your brain is just offering you a thought and you can choose not to listen. You can say, is this really about me? Or am I just holding on to a thought that I could set aside? If it really bothers you to hear about BioMom, I'm going to guess that you've experienced other times in your life when you felt compared to someone else or when you had to compare yourself to another person or sometime when you maybe felt judged. Imagine this. Imagine if you said to your partner one evening, oh, I'm exhausted. I haven't stopped for five minutes all day. And he said, Oh, I get it. You think I don't do enough around the house. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> Maybe that's not what you meant at all. Maybe what you wanted was a hug and a little back rub. You want him to make you sit down and to bring you a glass of wine. Did he need to make it all about him? Probably not. That's just the way it goes sometimes. We do that to ourselves. So... Sit your own self down and pour yourself a mental glass of wine. Relax. Ask yourself if the thoughts you're having about this story are facts or just thoughts. I don't mean what the child is saying or what their mom is doing. I mean the thoughts you're having. 
Are they facts? Really? This kid's mother is doing the best she can with whatever she's bringing to motherhood, however it looks from your viewpoint. Her child is using the tools he or she has in their undeveloped emotional toolbox to tell you something. And it ain't about you. So what are you going to do with that? Are you going to choose to make it about you and miss the chance to become a really transformative presence in that child's life? What do you need to be able to do that work that you don't have right now? Last week was Thanksgiving for our American listeners. And for the rest of us, it's the start of what we refer to as the holiday season. This is an acutely difficult time of year for about 95% of the planet, I think. Everyone's either being dragged back into unresolved childhood shit, because as the late spiritual teacher Ram Das once said, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> or you're feeling profoundly alone and unloved if you can't have that hallmark moment that you think everyone else is having. This is a perfect time for me to invite you to get more from me than what I can give you on this podcast or in my group or my email community. Because even if you get the occasional aha moment from something I say here, you basically have to wait around for me to land again on your personal pain point so you can say, you must be inside my head. <laughs> or I felt like you were talking right to me. It's great when that happens. I love hearing from you. But did you know that I could be talking right to you all the time? If you resonate with my unconventional approach to life and motherhood and step families and personal growth, maybe we should be working one-to-one -one together. Have you thought about that? Have you had it in the back of your mind, but you're waiting until you feel actually desperate to be able to take the leap? Maybe you think life coaching or step family coaching sounds like therapy and that gives you the creeps. Let me tell you, it's not like therapy. My job as a coach is to help you figure out your goals and then just reverse engineer them so you can check off your personal boxes faster and easier. For instance, if there's something you'd like to let go of, like a feeling that you're not a good enough stepmom, or if there's a feeling that you wish you could feel more of the time, like you know exactly where you stand in your family, then coaching is what gets you to that feeling sooner than if you just try to wait for it to happen on its own or cross your fingers or read some books. Coaching also helps you stretch yourself to believe in your ability to reach even bigger goals, like that you're actually good enough every minute of the day. It's also part of my job to be your mentor because I've actually been there and done that. I have all the t-shirts. I can speak personally to what it takes to get past the tough parts of step family life, like shifting relationship dynamics and walking on eggshells and learning to hold decent boundaries for yourself and establishing your role. Have you ever forgotten to take off your sunglasses when you come inside? And after a while, you wonder why everything looks so dark. We're all walking around wearing some limiting beliefs over our eyes without even knowing it. Think about how it would feel to, well, first of all, notice that you have those shades on and 
Secondly, to give yourself permission to take them off. Here's the way one client describes it. Now that I don't feel like I have to police my husband or his son anymore, I feel so relaxed. Like a massive burden has been taken off my shoulders. And here's what someone else had to say. I was conflicted and scared and not knowing my place in this world. This win is more than I could have asked for. I never thought this day would come. So, dear listener, this could be you. You can be the one who gets to let go of something that's keeping you stuck in fear or conflict or tension and replace it with peace and self-confidence. You can be the one who says, a girl could get used to this. If you're ready to be supported in making that kind of change, instead of just thinking about how nice it sounds, why not set up a free call with me and let's just see if we're a good fit to work together. There's no obligation. I'm not gonna push anything on you, but I do wanna push you out of the procrastination zone if coaching is something that's been on your bucket list. We'll start with just spotting you over the holiday balance beam and then move on to getting you through absolutely anything. Email me at info at essentialstepmom.com and say, I'm not ready to commit, but talk to me about private coaching. I'll link my blog post, Six Ways to Be a Stepmother Who's Not a Mom, in the show notes. And if you didn't already hear both parts of Tristan Reese's interview, please go back and check it out. You don't want to miss that. It's season six, episodes five and six. See you next week.